You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room where we talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 90 where we're discussing Star Wars The Last Jedi and Justice League trailers. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. What a time to be alive. We got New York Comic Con, a Justice League trailer, and an epic, absolutely epic Star Wars The Last Jedi trailer in this past week. I have been vibrating all weekend waiting to sit here with you guys and discuss these two trailers. You think I'm saying that, but I literally have been vibrating. I'm so excited to go through both of these trailers and particularly The Last Jedi trailer. Yes. Because it was absolutely incredible. 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 Yeah, 2017, man. This is going to be the best year for Nerdom. You know? I think so. We got Spidey, yeah. we got um, Guardians of the Galaxy, we got. Justice League, we got uh, Thor Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok and world then premiere last night, world premiere, yeah. that's right, then we got Star Wars, and I'm coming off the heels of the masterpiece, I'm calling it right now, Blade Runner 2049, this has been the best year for just nerdom, I'm telling you. You've been film. pumping this movie, do you think it's going to get an Oscar nom? Oh yeah, on so many levels. Really? Definitely, definitely. This is going to be what Mad Max kind of did that one year, that surprise hit, but I right. think even on a better scale. Well, sure. you bring up an interesting point because Mad Max kind of bombed at the box. Yeah. Not bombed, but didn't do well. Did okay. You know, yeah, like they did, I don't think they're going to make a sequel anytime soon. And this seems to be following the same pattern. It's yeah. doing all right, but, you know, I don't think it'll make back its budget. And I don't think we're going to get Blade Runner 2050 anytime soon. No, maybe another 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I said every 30 years we'll get a Blade Runner movie, so we'll meet it's, back. It's when Ryan Gosling wants to go off and kill all his characters. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, so let's have a spoiler for her. Drive <laughs> and uh, what's that other one that he's in? The Notebook. He'll the kill off that. Oh, yeah. Although I think he dies at the end of that. Spoiler, dude. Well, that's like a 20-year-old movie. We're not here <laughs> to talk about Ryan Gosling at the moment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I am here. To talk about Ryan Gosling. <laughs> this is why I even came today. Is because you promised me Ryan Gosling talks. That's why we don't let you make the show notes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if I made the show notes, it'd be like, so DC this, DC that. <laughs> D- oh, maybe some Star Wars, some Star Trek, some Avatar. Hey, I make the show notes once in a while. <laughs> most of the time. And I always throw in DC here. We're, I'm letting you review the Justice League trailer. <laughs> well, it's either that or Bad Mom's Christmas, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love talking Marvel, DC, and especially Star Wars, and we're here to do just that today. Before we kick into our trailer review, I just gotta test the waters here. How are you guys feeling going into this weekend? We had kind of heard that there was going to be a Justice League trailer. We kind of heard there was going to be a Star Wars The Last Jedi trailer. Were you expecting all this? Were you as excited? Were you vibrating like me from off the back end of this? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was pumped. I was pumped, you know, especially seeing the little things we were getting from uh, New York Comic Con. I was totally on board. And then honestly, I'm not going to lie, uh, Monday, because it's Thanksgiving here in Canada. So I was actually kind of caught off guard. I totally forgot about it. And then you gave me a shout. Um, and then I was like, oh, wait, shoot. 
it's the trailer. The trailer's dropping. Yeah. And so I checked that out. I tried calling you, Tim, and I did some uh, some phone tagging going back and forth. But then I think from there on in, we were both probably just watching this trailer like 50,000 times. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man, anticipation level high this weekend for both trailers. Yeah, I mean, I didn't catch the Star Wars trailer when it first aired. Um, normally, I watch Monday Night Football, but that game wasn't particularly exciting. It's unfortunate that all the Star Wars fans tuned in to watch such a shitty football game just to get to the trailer. And then Tim was calling me. He was in a fran. He was in a tizzy. He was like, "Sanjay, I gotta get these tickets. Which tickets do you want?" And unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't pick up my phone. I'm sorry, Tim. I, I dropped the ball. You anyways, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. We'll get into that just chaotic mess that our house turned into. My wife and I fumbling around trying to find <laughs> tickets, and it was just all over the place. But we'll get into that as we get into the Last Jedi trailer. But I think we can all agree that it was quite a weekend. And we're going to get into some of the New York Comic Con talk next week. We've decided to streamline this episode a bit to give us the appropriate amount of time to discuss both of these trailers because they're quite dense trailers. There's a lot going on. There's a lot revealed in them. But at the same time, I feel like they're fairly decent trailers. I'm talking about the Justice League on that. I was going to say, Wars like, the Star- yeah. <laughs> I don't but- remember the last time you said a bad thing about Star Wars. So if you did say it was just fairly decent, I probably would have called a doctor to check you out. Well, coming from a guy that had made a promise right here on the podcast that I was done watching the Last Jedi trailers, right? Like, I have felt like when that was dropping, I felt like it was almost the movie was coming out the next day. That's how excited I was for this whole event style of trailer viewing that Lucasfilm has created. And Justice League was kind of there for me too. I wasn't as excited, but when it did drop, I watched it right away. I got on that hype train and we'll get into it right here, right now as to what exactly I thought about it. You guys know that DC I've had issues with. I've had issues with their trailers from the beginning, Mm -hmm. but I see them coming around here. There are issues with this trailer, but at the same time, they're starting to do things that are enticing me to want to go and see these movies. And I'm happy about that. I'm ecstatic about that. I'm tired of being the shit out of DC. <laughs> and I'm happy to see that things are starting to maybe fall into place here. Wow. Uh, maybe I should call the doctor. He's saying some nice things here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be an all-encompassing host. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Tim, I didn't have dinner. Could you uh, give me some leftovers from your dinner today? Or? There's lots of turkey in the fridge, dude. Oh, perfect. Stuffing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Perfect. I'll, I'll be right back, guys. <laughs> On that note, we want to wish a happy belated Thanksgiving to everyone here in Canada and a happy Thanksgiving really to everyone. We're very thankful for all of you listeners, for our friends, family, for everyone in the Commonwealth. This has been a great year for us and we're very thankful for all that. And I hope you guys were stuffed to the brim with turkey stuffing and all that. But at this point in time, it's time to get back to the gym. It's time to get back to discussing nerd. (laughs) So we're going to hop right into the Justice League trailer here. Now, we're going to say spoilers, I guess. If you're not watching the trailers or if you're not watching the Justice League trailer, we're going to go into this. This is all we've really seen is a couple trailers. I haven't been watching any TV spots. No, I stayed away from those pretty much. Uh, I I saw a couple. There's a couple uh, new scenes added. Nothing major, just like one or two scenes, but it's something that you don't need to go watch, especially um, if you want to go into the movie fresh. I mean... I, you know, stay away as much as you can, but these things, TV spots are going to be popping up more and more as it gets closer to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I always had this like rule, right? When we first started the podcast that I was like, no trailers after the first teaser or whatever. And clearly I've gotten away from that. (laughs) Stop being so preachy about it. But the TV spots I do stay away from being that I don't ever really watch TV live as we discussed last week. Yeah. 
um, I don't find myself having to hide like I used to. I remember in the past, I think it was for The Force Awakens, actually, my wife having to fast forward through things while I've got my fingers in my ears. <laughs> Swear to God, that was what was happening towards wow. the end when you had all these trailers dropping on TV. But I don't mind now watching the big trailers. I think they're meant for that consumption of the wider audience without trying to give too much away, where the TV spots are a bit more of clips and scenes and that. And I don't want to get all of that context. I like this kind of clip art with epic scores to not really tell you the full story, but to give you a visual representation of how awesome these movies could potentially be. I think trailers are very important because sometimes if you go into a movie, a trailer can give you the wrong perception of the film and that can lead to a lot of negativity towards the movie. Um, I'm trying to think of a recent example. There was one movie, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad was one where the trailers kind of led, it, led you thinking it was going to be this one movie and then the movie was completely different. So trailers, you know, if they're done well and they actually give you the tone of the film, they can increase that word of mouth and that presence for opening day weekend and give it good legs. If you get a trailer, make it look like uh, the movie is It Comes at Night. It's a horror film. It just came to me. It came at night. <laughs> get it? Huh, funny. Uh, so it, it Comes at Night, the trailer made it seem like it was this like monster movie but the movie was not like that at all it was more slow and deliberate horror so even though it was good people bash this film because they were expecting it to be one thing because of the trailer so if justice league is something like this or star wars you know these trailers have to give you the overall tone of the film or else it's gonna bring the negativity especially with social media yeah I think uh, Mother is actually just suffered the same kind of deal, right? I think it's led as a horror film and is actually something very contemporary, something very different. It's the most the messed trade. up film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's woo. Right. <laughs> we could do like a two-hour podcast on that film. <laughs> I'm never going to watch that. <laughs> I'll tell you guys about it after this pod. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do, like we have normally done with some of the bigger trailers, we're going to have this playing in the background a bit, and we're going to try to step through this a bit chronologically as it's laid out for us in the trailer itself and kind of pick and choose some of the high points and maybe some of the low points and discuss at a very high level but also speculating a bit so this is kind of where that spoiler warning comes back in is that we're going to be speculating on the justice league and as well the last jedi so if you're looking to step back from some of the spoilers i say kick around with us for a little bit and if you're feeling like it's too much just fast forward a bit we're going to try to keep it fairly fast paced as we go through this and not try to belabor or push too hard on the speculation i don't want this to be like a we're trying to figure everything out about the movie. These trailers aren't really meant for that. These no. trailers are to give you that that representation. I like I said, draw you in emotionally with that score and show you something that makes you want to go sit in the theater. So kicking it off with the Justice League trailer. Now we've seen a couple of trailers before. These trailers have been dropping for about a year and a half now. Yeah. The film comes out on November 17th. So we're just under a month away from it. And let's see what this last final trailer for the justice league has to offer do you have the kleenex box ready because the scene <laughs> the opening scene yeah superman so the score the yeah. score was from man of steel right so this is the, to me this whole trailer it should have been the first trailer that we saw this really feels like it continues on from batman v superman it builds right. that story builds that connective bridge draws on that emotion with the score mm -hmm and then puts you in a world that doesn't have Superman. Why wasn't this the first trailer? This would have been a much better first trailer. My only um, rebuttal to that is possibly some of these scenes were shot by Joss Whedon 
and maybe they didn't have time. Maybe Snyder had one way that he was going to take the film and Whedon focused on another direction. That's the only rebuttal I could come up with. Yeah, because it's this first part with Clark Kent and Lois Lane. This really tugs at you. And the score hits you hard. That's one of the best scores in the DC Extended Universe. Oh, yeah. And even in modern comic book film, this one is, again... DC does hit you hard with their scores. Yes. Now, some I, I really don't like, but this one in Wh- particular. Which one particular? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get that in every single podcast. If I ever steal your phone, I'm gonna make that my ringtone. Ring every time I call Tim, the Wonder Woman theme will play. I really hope Joss had the same feeling about that and cut it right out of this film. <laughs> That's gotta be written into the movie, that theme. But it's a cool way to tease Superman without actually showing him. Absolutely. Because that was something that I've been banging on about for the last few weeks and even with the character posters is that how can they promote this film without having the presence of Superman? This is how you do it. You show Clark Kent in what appears to be a dream sequence. Or a flashback. Or flash or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then you have him reference directly a proposal. I don't remember him proposing. I I think it must have happened I guess on some extended cut that we didn't see, but I think it goes in between uh, BVS, right? When he proposes? Uh, no, so at the end of BVS, um, his mom comes to Lois after the funeral and oh, says okay. Clark had this delivered to the house so you wouldn't see it, and it was a ring. Okay, I don't remember that. <laughs> it must right. have been on the extended yeah, cut. Yeah, I think so, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, so like she gives him the ring, and then after you see it, like her wearing it while she throws the dirt onto the coffin, right. which you see here as well. Right. Yeah, it, it's a nice connection. It, it mm-hmm. really is. It's funny though. I thought it was a spoof for a minute when I saw this trailer because <laughs> when she looks at Clark in the distance, he's wearing that um, that plaid kind of checkered top, which is very similar to what Ezra, uh, Ezra Ezra Miller, the Flash is wearing as well. And I saw that shot before I saw this trailer, so I was like, "Is the Flash going to turn around?" Like, I was like, "This is weird." And then obviously. Is Henry Cavill, but he looks a little slimmer too, so it's yeah. kind of going off guard there. You bring up an interesting point because he wears that exact outfit in Superman the movie from 1978, right. where he has like the red plaid flannel and he's standing in a field of crops. Yes. Oh, so so, this, is a, this is an homage to that. Yeah, it's yeah. a throwback to the Richard Donner classic. Classic Smallville, right? Yeah. yeah. That's great. And you know what? This is Lois Lane here. I really had an issue with her in batman versus superman yeah. but if they're using her here as an emotional pivot point for this film because when you're looking at this trailer i'm starting to get a real impression that the absence of superman is a big part of this film and when i look at this and i look at how the world's kind of gone to crap without superman they're talking about the loss of hope and all this yeah. and terrorism and all that's on the mm-hmm. rise i kind of like that pitch and one thing that gets kind of the the ball rolling here in my head is do you think they're going to Luke Skywalker, Superman, in this film? Do you think he's going to show up right at the very end as they tease Darkseid? And he kind of shows up at the end and you just get a look at him and then that's it? Or do you think he's going to appear in this film? I think he's going to appear in this film. I think yeah. the Justice League needs him to do more. Um, I'd say probably the third act. We'd yeah. probably see um, Superman show up. You bring up a good point, though, with this world now they've established without Superman, without hope. It's pretty cool because I feel like this is a good way they can kind of reboot the character and make him lighter, you know, especially now the whole world's on board with Superman, whereas when we have Man of Steel, it's pretty divided, right? So now I feel like when he does come back, the whole world's going to be back in Superman like he should be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, in Batman vs. Superman, he's painted as the villain. As the villain, yeah, definitely. Especially with Batman Bruce Wayne, which they're using that again as as a point for Bruce Wayne, a driving point that forces him into doing better things. And we saw that at the end of Batman vs. Superman, but they've really leaned on that in this trailer. But this is the reason why I promised Superman that I would do more. 
yeah. and that's why I've brought you guys together. I think this is going to work really well as a trilogy if you wa- watch them back to back. So Man of Steel, BVS, and then Justice League. I think it'll fit together like it's one giant movie. Like mm-hmm. an eight-hour cinematic amazing experience. <laughs> it's like I just watched Man of Steel then. <laughs> you could, but then you wouldn't get the three. It's like the Oreo sandwich. You wouldn't get the middle white part. Yeah, I only like the, the cookie. <laughs> what do you guys think about this battle? It looks like Themyscira versus yeah. the Parademons and whatever dude's name. Uh, uh, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you think this is something that's happened in the past, or is this a present-day battle prior to the Justice League intervening in this fight? Uh, I think this is in the past because, if I'm not mistaken, Antwerpy is in this film. Yep. And she died in Wonder Woman. Was she in this? I thought it was just the Mom. mother. I cause I thought it was her as well, but I could be mistaken. Robin Wright, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I th- I think she's in this as well. So I, I th- thought so too. Yeah. So I think this is a callback, maybe thousands of years ago. Um, Mother Box came to Earth and the Amazons decide to keep it in their uh, treasure trove there. Interesting. So would this been before they went to Themyscira and hit? Because that confuses me a bit with the timeline as the far as they, they had the gods right. and how they haven't really seen... I feel like this would have come up in conversation in Wonder Woman. Oh, this one time we got attacked <laughs> by these flying... and Because she's so shocked to see a man. Right. But maybe she would have been too young or if this was thousands of years ago. Right. So I'm going to be interesting to see if they use the, the Amazons and Themyscira and that in this battle to kind of introduce the power of the Parademons and Steppenwolf right. and have him piss off for a while. And that's kind of your introduction to this evil force, how devastating they could potentially be if you put them up against the Amazonians and they kind of come away somewhat unscathed or this is how you get some of that battle story of Robin Wright's character. What's her name? Antwerpy. Antwerpy. Like then maybe that's how you get the battle hardened, or this is where she she gets her kind of badges of honor and all these type of right. things in a battle like this, and bring some of that continuity through Wonder Woman into this. Kind of remind people, hey, remember Wonder Woman? Right. Is yeah. This, is this still part of this universe type thing? Do you yeah. think there's a chance to revive her? Antwerpy. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. We didn't really see her like really really die. Right. There's no right. funeral. There's none of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Unless she you see them die around. on screen in a comic book movie, they can always come back. She could be. But how awesome would this be if this is actually part of the final battle where you have like three battlefields going on at the once? Atlanteans. Atlanteans, Amazonians, and the Earthlings or humans. Kryptonians. The Kryptonians. The Krypton- oh. <laughs> Supergirl shows up. He, he says no Kryptonian. That's right. No Green Lanterns. Yeah. Oh, no. Man, on a grand that. scale, though, this battle looks pretty epic. Yeah. It's huge. This yeah. seems like a global battle. Yeah. And I don't know what's the flash forward, what's the flash back, but this whole idea, the Omega symbol, I think you're kind of seeing in here a little bit, and the coming of Steppenwolf, this seems like the scale has really been amped up. And sometimes I question that because just having five members of the Justice League, no Superman maybe, is this scale too big? Like this movie feels incredibly huge. Like bigger, like you're talking Avengers scale is on New York. This yep. seems global. Like, yeah. This is huge. This reminds me of Age of Ultron, where it was that global threat. And I think this would be too much for them. And I think that's what they're trying to paint the picture is they can't win without Superman. And maybe they have a trick up their sleeve. Maybe there's going to be a call to other heroes that we don't see. Maybe the Suicide Squad, some members will make a, an appearance in here or something. You know, everything's all on the table for this. Yeah, I, you know, Green Lantern could possibly still even show up. Right. We'll see. But I guess maybe it might just be building up to show how important and how big of a team the Justice League really is mm-hmm. and, and what they can really tolerate and handle. Yeah. Right? When I see this in this trailer, though, my first thought on the scale is that this movie isn't going to end like a normal movie. It's not going to be like an Avengers, hey, we've wiped our hands of this, right. we're done. Right. This may just end on the note, this is too big. 
and then you have the Green Lanterns kind of tease in the background. Yeah. And it's like we've won the battle, but the war is still here type thing. So I don't know if there's going to be a continuation because I think Wonder Woman set before this. Is it not? The next one? Yeah. yeah. It's to take place in the 80s or 90s. I yeah, think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then Aquaman, is that a prequel to this as well? Like, We're is that an origin sure story? We're not sure where that takes We're place. We're not sure, and then we, yeah. And then we have the Flashpoint, which could just Just muck everything, everything all yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious as to how all this is going to fall, because they don't seem to be falling in order. Like, the movie that comes before isn't necessarily the prequel and the movie that comes after isn't necessarily the sequel like they've done in the MCU. Right. So I'm wondering if they leave this on a huge cliffhanger. That's why I'm thinking like maybe Superman doesn't show up until right at the end. Right. Well, they've kind of cleared the battlefield, but then in the distance you see Darkseid coming and it's like, oh, oh crap, we've got Superman now. Yeah. But something bigger's coming. Tune into Justice League 2 or whatever, right? Right. right. Yeah. That'd so, be cool, yeah. Yeah, but given the fact that they've had issues and stumbling throughout this franchise... Is it possible that they just need to have a single movie that closes? Like, I, I that think finishes? so, especially when you go back to BVS. I guess Flash is a very important factor to, to mention in this whole thing because he is coming from the future of some sort and channeling it in with Batman, right? So I don't, wouldn't be surprised if we see Flash do something extreme like that in this movie as yeah. well because there must be some kind of tie-in that alters that future yeah. to... Uh, to the future of this. Do you think film. they'll touch on the nightmare scene in this movie? I, I'd hope so, because that kind of really, um, you know, planted the idea, the seeds of Darkseid and the Omega symbol, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But does that universe or that timeline get altered with the death of Superman? Because right. you don't have the death of Lois Lane was what led to that, I think. That's right. right. But we still got the Omega symbol in that, yeah. right? Because like, we do know we're getting Darkseid regardless, yeah. right? And we did see Parademons regardless as well in this right. trailer. So, yeah. Which we did see in the Nightmare sequence. So we do know two factors are going to happen regardless, which is Darkseid and the Parademons. Yeah. So I don't know. It just might be an alternate timeline instead of the one that we saw from Flash, like that nightmare yeah. sequence, right? So it seems like an inevitability that the Parademons, Darkseid, Steppenwolf. I'm assuming Steppenwolf's going to be played off as like some sort of Darkseid general. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. like the second in command. Yeah. So it seems that that whole thing is inevitable. It's just what timeline they're in. Yes. And so they've skewed that by essentially having Superman die. Right. And Lois Lane live. Right. I think that's how yeah. they played it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which will be interesting because I guess like, you know, with the DC you know, worlds it is when you have these um, these different multiverses, that Flash would still have to exist in some other world. I'm curious to see if he doesn't show up in this film, would he show up in the Flashpoint film? Because, oh. you know, classic Flash, you're always altering time and meeting yeah. other Flashes, right? That rascal. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's always playing around with time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the time, time force is it? Speed force. Speed force, yeah. 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 <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on Batman seemingly having premonitions here? This, this bothers me a little bit. This takes him from kind of an ordinary man doing extraordinary type things into someone that has having these premonitions, these foresights that something bigger is coming, something darker. Do you like that aspect that he's essentially had a vision to drive together the Justice League? He kind of knows what's coming? Well, that's why I wonder if it goes back to what we just mentioned too with the Flash vision because he's the only mm-hmm. one that's had the visions from Flash when we go back to BVS, right? So I wonder if he's still... Because Batman's very paranoid, right? So yeah. anything that he's kind of had to bite onto, he's not going to let that go. He's not going to forget it. He's always going to dig, dig, dig. Uh, classic Batman. So that might be what it is. He's always preparing for the next step. He's he's preparing to, to take out the Justice League himself. He's preparing to, to save the world by himself. He's always like... 10 steps ahead yeah yeah Yeah. and he even said like um you got to prepare wonder woman says for what's coming and he goes not coming they're already here right maybe wonder woman says that so yeah at the end of bvs yeah yeah yeah. so you know he's already been preparing he knows something bigger is coming 
so he you know maybe he has his satellites pick something up they'll probably touch on this but i'm guessing that's what it is maybe he said he had a dream but maybe that's the nightmare sequence that he's It'd have to be because oh, he's, okay, he's had so a couple of them. Whenever he's had okay. Flash yeah, right? visit him twice. We had the nightmare sequence and then Flash also visit him mm. outside of the nightmare sequence. That's still a right? premonition. That's not. Yeah. It's less of a dream and more of this is an alternate timeline that you're seeing in the future, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then the Flash coming out of that whole contraption that he's got right, on. Right, right. Because I mean, going to the comics right now, the button, you know, that yeah. whole run, like he held onto that button and he's been digging, digging. So, yeah, ah, that's interesting. I, I really do hope they do connect the tissues from this movie and BBS yeah. Yeah. just to tighten things up. Yeah, they need to tighten things up and use this movie to do that. So yes. Absolutely. It's, it's the whole effect that we've seen before where you have the Winter Soldier right. effect, right? Yeah. It's, you have the, the sequel to a film that makes the previous film better by tying up loose threads and, and taking yeah. things that didn't make as much sense and tying them and integrating them better into an overall narrative and arc over both of the films. Right. That made you, may make you appreciate Batman versus Superman. And I'm hoping to get that myself. <laughs> I hope so too, because I really want to watch this movie with you guys, BVS, and just sit down and have a grand old time. <laughs> What do you guys think of the Atlantis sequence? Because we didn't see much in BVS. We saw the one scene of Aquaman underwater, but this is fantastic. That this CGI, this is the same CGI they're going to use for Aquaman. Looks way better than the one we saw in BVS, right? With the hair, the colors, the color in this trailer too is much better. But really do like that sequence. I love in this trailer how everybody has their kind of their their own kind of standalone moment. You know, yeah. Um, Wonder Woman here on the statue. That's oh, that's. That shot is perfect. It's wicked. I think we got the Batman on the gar- gargoyle in this one as well, right? He's up looking at the bat symbol. It was in the scene previous with Commissioner. Right. Yeah. 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 All that stuff's classic. Yeah. And you get a nice one to flash at the start of the trailer, too. Mm-hmm. You get and Cyborg and Flash. Yeah. You get a nice amalgamation of a few single scenes with each individual character. Right. And remind you, here's your Justice League. Yes. Yeah. Jason Momoa. This guy is killing it. He's yeah. going to be probably the best part of this film. I think we said this from the last two trailers. Yeah. And how he came out rocking the hell out of the stage yeah. at San Diego Comic-Con. I'm really enjoying this guy. I hope he doesn't have this, that they've thrown all of the good lines right. and right. all the snappy dialogue and the good interaction into the trailers to say, hey, it's Jason Momoa. Everyone's responding really well to this character. Right. We're going to give you all of his great lines right here, right now. So I'm hoping they've left some of that for when we're sitting in the theaters. Well, yeah. he definitely seems like his character has changed since the first trailer. Remember, he was kind of reluctant and Batman had to convince him to join the Justice yeah. League. But now he's, you know, maybe he just loves fighting and because he's got that warrior mentality. Right. Because he's always making his best quips are always when he's in battle, right? He's fighting the parademons. That's when he seems to be having the most fun. Yeah, see, I wonder with him if... That was the plan all along, and he's kind of literally a fish out of water. He doesn't fit in with the Atlanteans. He doesn't fit in with the humans, and I feel like he's found a home with the Justice League, mm-hmm. where he feels, unlike Batman, he feels like he can lighten up, and he's found like a home here with yeah. those guys, and maybe and that's why we're seeing this light. Yeah. I, I hope so, because that'd be kind of cool, kind of refreshing. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, they really got to make this different than Avengers, because everyone's going to be comparing this film to Avengers. Of course. There's this battle in what appears to be Atlantis with Aquaman and something else. I can't really quite make it out here in the trailer. But again, it looks like they're doing what you had said earlier on in the conversation is a battle in Themyscira at some point, a battle in Atlantis at some point, and then it finishes off potentially on Earth mm-hmm. to some degree. Right. Yeah, I think that's Steppenwolf, actually. with the is it? Okay. Yeah, his axe. The scene with Wonder Woman fighting Steppenwolf here, we all know how powerful Wonder Woman is. Like, she battled Doomsday, she battled Ares. Yeah. And to show Steppenwolf kick her ass, I mean... He has power. He's not just like the final baddie where he's just cannon fodder. Right. Like this guy is intense. And for him to take down Wonder Woman, 
Wonder Woman, in my opinion, is the strongest of the Justice League. So for him to take her down shows just it's it's not going to be an easy battle where they just like press a button and all the other robots die. Yeah, you know, they're gonna have to really <laughs> battle to take out Steppenwolf. Hey, what's that? A knock- <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wonder. Also, I wonder with these movies with the DCU if they're they're establishing Wonder Woman to be the strongest because, again, going back to Wonder Woman, I feel like um, Ares is far stronger than Doomsday. At least how they portrayed their powers, and then Wonder Woman had this huge scale of power where I feel like she could have taken Doomsday out by herself. So mm-hmm. they got to be careful how they depower her and power her up at times. Consistency. Has to be yeah. some kind of consistency here, right? So, yeah, I'm interested to see that. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the look of the Parademons? And we don't really get a full frontal look at Steppenwolf, but from some of the action figures I've seen and from the glimpses here, I'm a bit worried that he's going to look kind of goofy like Ares. Ares like, yeah. 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 Kind of this big hulking guy with a human like face on yeah, him. Yeah. It horns. looks like it's kind of just MS painted on. Right. Him. Yeah. Well, his look is far different than the extended cut version that we saw of that yeah. weird statue robotic Steppenwolf. Yeah. Which is weird. The Parademons look less insect like and more District 9 almost. Yeah. Oh, of. that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's interesting to see. Yeah, you need that cannon fodder though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. So there's this image here with Bruce Wayne and he's got some sort of projection up and it's meant to what I think is tease Superman's red cape. Yeah. But when you look at this, it doesn't look like Superman. There appears to be a Jason Momoa or an Aquaman like tattoo on the arm oh, of this. Oh, yeah. So oh. I don't quite know exactly what they're teasing or who they're teasing here. I don't know what he's looking at. Okay, because I see what you're talking about. So I see a cape and then I see... The legs and some weird tattoo thing, but then yeah. it also looks good the boot. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's maybe it's Wonder Woman or not Wonder Woman, Superwoman, Supergirl. I don't think they're gonna throw her in here, even though there is that standalone comic that kind of ties into this whole world. Right. Who do you guys think that could be? I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I was thinking Supergirl maybe, but other than that, I can't think maybe. Maybe it's like a certain, like a power suit that Superman has to wear. So it's like, you know, the black suit when he comes back. Right. So yeah. maybe it's just that, but it's designed a little different. But the tattoo is what throws me it off. It looks like, like a, a tattoo. Like it looks like, I don't know. Yeah. Unless it's some sort of projection and Aquaman's walking through it. Right. Oh, okay. At one point it is Superman. This is right. the idealized superhero that we all want to aspire to be. Right. And Aquaman kind of walks through it and says, well, I'm here type yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it could be a attention breaking scene. Yeah. Where yeah. Bruce Wayne is really into looking at Superman at this point, yeah. getting inspired, and Aquaman just kind of walks up in. I don't know. It just kind of threw me off there because right. it's meant to make you think like he's looking Clearly at Superman. Superman especially Clearly. because you know the texture of Superman's costume, it is kind of curvy and bumpy, yeah. but I don't know, but that does look like tattoos. So. Yeah. Maybe Superman got tattoos when he Tied was... it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this whole final, what appears to be the final battle sequence that they're showing in this, we've got... Lots of scenes from Cyborg, Wonder Woman doing a few cool things, Batman, Aquaman, everyone doing their own thing. But what's really thrown me off, and this is probably the part of the trailer that I really struggle with because it looks really CGI heavy, really photoshopped. And this is the part of the movie I'm worried about more so now is this whole end battle looks really weird. They got these red clouds. It looks like they're in some sort of bubble. Okay. Like over the city. Like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't look like they're on Earth at this point, or they're on a part of Earth that's been really destroyed. If yeah. you go back in the trailer a little bit, there seems to be these tentacle things that are sweeping through the city, mm-hmm. which I don't know from the comic books if there's some relation there to Steppenwolf or the Mother Boxes or some sort of 
I, I don't know what it is. It seems really strange because the atmosphere that they're fighting in just doesn't really make much sense to me. Well, um, what I can remember from the comics with Darkseid is whenever he comes to a planet, it's kind of like Man of Steel. He has to terraform the planet to make it more okay. like his home world apocalypse. And if you remember from the first trailer, they showed some of these scenes, but the sky was blue. Mm -hmm. So they've added in with CGI and stuff, a more reddish hue. Cool. So I think, and you also see like a volcano erupting at one point. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking it is apocalypse because I remember, um, Jason, the apocalypse or a character, uh, like the, the place, the planet, planet. because in one of the trailers, Aquaman goes, I can't remember the exact line, but he goes, this is crazy going into hell to fight the devil. And then that made me think like going into hell to fight the devil, either there's hell on earth, like apocalypse, or they're doing something different where they're taking the battle to dark side. So they're not waiting for it to come to earth. Right. They're going to apocalypse to avoid those casualties, those collateral damages that you got in man of steel. Yeah. Cause that's one of the biggest backlashes. Mm-hmm. Plus I think even in the comics, um, Batman, when he goes on the quest to save Damien, he goes to Darkseid's planet. I think he goes to Apocalypse. Right, yeah. And it looks kind of similar to this. It's, it's a reddish kind of planet. The thing is, though, we do see, like, buildings that look yeah. very reminiscent of Earth. Mm-hmm. They do. Right? Is that too much, though, for an audience to have the introduction of the Justice League, Cyborg, Aquaman, Flash, no Superman, and then all of a sudden we're jumping from Earth, maybe via a mother box, right. to a different planet or to a different timeline? Like, it just, all of this doesn't fit with the start of the trailer. Yeah, because for all we know, like, it could have been like Batman knows Darkseid's about to take over the planet. Flash, you know, speed forces them through to the timeline to skip and take out the world so that by then the world's already been taken over. I don't know, but there has to be some kind of like way they sped up time to get there mm-hmm. because I think it'd just be too weird for a two and a half hour movie to have all those things happen like yeah. you just mentioned, right? So I think Flash would have to kind of step in and boost them up but then you're relying yeah. on an audience understanding the speed force the speed moment. force exactly yeah, yeah. but Which i is... guess you could explain it i mean that's what movies are there for and right bvs already kind of put those inklings in there too yeah. i mean yeah. it, it is out there but i think you got to just go for it at this point because for all we know this could be the only justice league film we ever get right so if this thing doesn't do well you you know you want to say you put all your cards on the table you putting it all out there because we may never get another Justice League film again. I've heard rumors that they're going away from continuity after this film. So this could be it. This could be the one and only Justice League film we ever get. So you might as well go Just out swinging. Throw it all in yeah. there. Yeah. I yes. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Guess we'll see. Because we don't know how long this is. This is three hours long. Like Better not. BBS. Be. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it might be actually. I've heard rumors of 240. it. 240. 240, yeah. Oof, that's... Ah, you know, if it's good, if it keeps you engaged, I'm yeah. fine with movies at length. But if I'm looking at my watch, right. if I'm tapping my foot, being like, okay, it's time to wrap. I'm not sitting beside him in the theater. He'll be like checking his watch every five minutes, <laughs> pulling up his phone, just being like, Tweeting. when is Star Wars coming yeah. out? 15 days till Star Wars comes out. I came here for the Last Jedi trailer. Yeah. <laughs> just leaves after it's over. Cyborg now. Yes. How? What? I still feel like the CGI is unfinished. We're a month away. It yeah. still looks like something out of a Nintendo 64 game. It, it, it really <laughs> does. You know, I'm not satisfied with the CG, and I'm just not overall satisfied with the design of the costume. I feel yeah. like they, they they tried designing something way too big, and they just couldn't do it, and we're kind of stuck with it now. So I'm trying to get used to it, but I really just don't see myself doing so. I still feel like he doesn't really do much in this trailer either. Except that, obviously, that cool scene between him and Jason Momoa when he when he grabs him, right? That was cool, yeah. That's, 
probably one of the best parts of the trailer actually i really do like that part yeah. yeah yeah so looking at the back half of this trailer we've got a scene here with wonder woman saving batman nice little smirk there but if you look <laughs> in the background of the buildings there's definitely something terraforming the planet it's got yeah. a real ego the living planet type right. terraforming vibe mm -hmm. to it and they might be stuck inside of whatever bubble or sphere this thing has created as it's terraforming and this might also be a way where they can get away from having people directly impacted say they have this bubble over it everyone's been evacuated out and they're fighting within this bubble type thing so you're preventing the collateral damage from the outside so releasing that whole fan backlash about oh no one cared about anything yeah yeah, yeah. well like, i i heard a rumor this is online not from a credible source at all but that the final battle like this whole thing here with the red and stuff takes place in um spoilers if you're listening not spoilers because i have no idea this is just some forum that someone said but it would take place in chernobyl the uh russian where the uh, nuclear yeah. power okay, plant yeah, see that so that way they'd say there's no humans there um they can just destroy buildings oh, with man, reckless that's abandon totally what they're doing right because you see like a nuclear power plant yeah, in the background yeah I was okay. trying to see if you could see any Russian writing there. <laughs> but and then we get a nice, what appears to be Joss Oh, I just Whedon noticed that. Look at, look at the bottom. It says oh, Ace, yeah, Ace yeah. Chemicals yeah. from the Joker. Joker. Uh -huh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at the end here, we get a nice, what appears to be Joss Whedon written portion of the film. We got the flash pointing up at the bat signal here. And yeah. Nice little joke there. Feels like a bit of writing. It's hard to tell because... I don't know if they stuck any Joss Whedon scenes into this, with the exception of maybe the start. Mm -hmm. A lot of that seems like it's Zack Snyder-directed action sequences that they've put into this. Yeah, I don't know. I think that um, that one we just talked about, that lift between Cyborg and uh, Aquaman, that yeah. felt kind of kind of Avengers-like yeah. without right. the whole rotating camera. I kind of okay. kind of got that vibe a little yeah. bit off that one. Do you think we'll get that scene? Where they're all standing in like a row, like the Avengers. They've got to do. They have to. You they have to do to. something like Splash that. Splash page. Comic yeah. Book. Well, they didn't. They didn't spoil that because in BVS, remember, we saw the Trinity: Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman mm -hmm. in the trailer. This we don't see them all. You know, they standing have given in a row. That picture though, when they're coming out of that. Oh, know. the flying fox. Yeah. Yeah. They're all kind of standing in a row. Right. There. That Plus, was really they, early. They on. might be waiting for Superman. Yeah. You know, to, to oh, finish yeah. off the whole sequence. Yeah. 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 I've heard rumors that uh, he's been actually CGI'd out of a bunch of stuff. Out of pictures and oh, stuff. Oh, kind of like what they did with Ant-Man. Was yeah. it Ant-Man Spider-Man? Yeah, Spider-Man definitely yeah. in Civil yeah. War. They yeah. Just photoshopped and pushed people together yeah. Yeah. all over the place. Interesting. Yeah, so big question coming off the back of this trailer, guys. This is the theme of the whole trailer. Are you guys all in <laughs> for the Justice League? Or no, Justice I'm not League? I'm not watching this movie. I think it looks terrible. I no. figured as much. <laughs> uh, as soon as they release tickets, I'm buying 80 tickets, so... I'm all in, but even if the trailer was literally just Batman playing with a yo-yo, I would still be all in. So I'm pretty biased. I'm, I'm curious to see, what are, what are you guys' thoughts? Are you guys who are skeptical skeptical of the DCEU, a little bit more than me, a lot more than me, <laughs> are you guys feeling this trailer and your hype level for this? Yeah, I'm all in. Um, the last trailer sold me. For sure. And then going to this, I really do like how they start off the trailer at the beginning with tying those strings with uh, hitting the Man of Steel notes more so for me than the BVS notes. Yep. But obviously, you'd have to watch BVS to get what happened there. But um, yeah, I'm all in. I'm excited for this movie. For sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm there too. You know, I've been overly negative for the past, <laughs> what, two years on this cinematic universe. We got a real uplifting film from Wonder Woman about this universe or contributing to this universe. And this trailer... 
Agreed. The start really does it for me. The mm-hmm. first 20, 30 seconds yeah. with the Clark Kent stuff, that score yes. really hits you, really tugs on that emotion. That should have been in the first trailer. Yeah. That should yeah. have been your connection point to emotionally draw you in to this film. Overall, I'm encouraged. I like most of the stuff I'm seeing here. I'm still really struggling with the CGI. It still looks like a video game to me. Yeah, yeah it's and very CGI heavy. Yeah, and I don't know. You can't fix that at this point. So no. I'm hoping that they don't have a really good two-thirds of a film that makes sense, good narrative, and then you get to this end sequence and it just blows up. If you go back to our MCU retrospective, this is a trope that we've seen in the past, even with Marvel movies, is yeah. that you have a really great first action sequence, a lot of great dialogue, a lot of great character development, Second sequence, battle sequence is really good. And then you get into the end and it feels like they're just trying to finish this off on a high note. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting a little bit of that from this trailer. And that's what worries me about the film. But I'm there with you guys opening night. I think they've really stepped up the game with their trailer cutting. You're getting kind of the idea of the plot, but at the same time, they're not giving away, or at least I hope they're not giving away the entirety of it. They've stayed away from showing Superman, which is a huge, huge plus for me. I think that's that's really difficult for them to do, but they've done it. They've yeah. listened to whomever and said the Doomsday was a mistake. We're gonna leave Superman, but that still makes me think they're gonna Luke Skywalker Superman. <laughs> that's gonna be one of my predictions. For All this. right. All right. Yeah. I wonder if that's Jeff Johns, you know, yeah. kind of doing that. I think so. Yeah. Well, okay. One of my favorite parts of this trailer that we didn't touch on the song. I love that the, the heroes. Yeah. yeah. Is that YouTube? No, it's uh, an Australian band. Um, I don't remember their names. I think they're called the australian band from the justice league trailer (laughs) (laughs) but i I dug it it kind of reminded me of Watchmen when they had that uh, smashing pumpkin song that was like really slowed down cool very snyder-esque i I dug it smashing pumpkins yeah 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 Yeah, i i I agree with you i really like the score for this it it works for me way more than the other like heavy rock stuff uh, come together i didn't really like that again i think it's jason momoa that saved that trailer for me but uh all around yeah the score from the beginning that we got with the man of steel throwback it's david to, bowie. um to, well david, david bowie. bowie sings the original but this is a cover of it oh, oh, okay cover? yeah okay yeah yeah cool yeah, yeah definitely yeah. i think that the the whole tone is set by the score on this. yeah and i think that's a great way to transition to our next discussion here we're gonna yeah. be covering now that we've all said and made our peace with justice league all that <laughs> opening night we're gonna transition this discussion into star wars the last jedi trailer number two and what presumably is the final big trailer for this film yeah and like i said coming into the podcast here this for me was a complete event style of trailer viewing they've created an atmosphere around this film that is palpable within fandom and within the common moviegoer if you look at what they did this past weekend so they announced that the trailers dropping on monday monday night football they put out two trailers. One of them is the Luke Skywalker, Breathe, Just Breathe. Really speaking to fandom, that really spoke to me. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to do that throughout the majority of Monday evening. But then what they also have done, they've said, we're going to give you the tickets around the same time. And then prior to that, they gave us this gorgeous theatrical poster. Beautiful. It's, it's, it's very of the Star Wars theme with the clip art and the, the heads. But the red tone in that, they've kept this strung right through, right through the trailer. It is a gorgeous poster. What do you guys think of this? Is this your favorite one? Or do you like the the teaser with the white and the ray with the the lightsaber? What are you guys thinking for posters for The Last Jedi here? I love it. Did you guys see online the Darth Vader similarities to this? They toned down the opacity to match. 
It yeah, looks like yeah. like the the shape of it right, is of the shape Luke's of his head helmet. Is yeah, his, the eyes. Were so rained. I thought that was done on purpose. But yeah. yeah, I agree. This is an amazing poster. The Star Wars movie posters are some of the most iconic movie posters mm-hmm. of all time in all of cinema. And you know they could have gone the way of Spider Man Homecoming, where it wasn't very good. Not to bash that film because I really liked that film. I just didn't like their posters. But these posters are up there with. Return of the Jedi, that's a film, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Recognized you, yeah. A big poster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, New Hope yeah. and uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. yeah. Wow, the trilogy. Yeah. yeah. These posters are in that echelon, in my opinion, for the Last Jedi. Yeah. By far, spectacular. Probably my favorite posters of this year. Oh. There you go. Well, guys, gotta disagree. Wow. Gotta agree. I know I'm not there. You know, I saw this poster. I, I do like this the difference they're going with the white and the red. That's cool. But this for me is like leave that for Hunger Games, leave that for Lionsgate. This feels very Hunger Games to me. Um, I don't really care so much for for the Luke, the placements of anything. The last one we saw for Force Awakens, I like the symmetry we had between Ray's lightsaber and Kaloran's lightsaber. No, sorry, Ray's staff. Yeah. I think and Kylo Ren's lightsaber. I love that the placement, and everything. Here, the placement doesn't even work for me. Like I'm sure Poe is not on the dark side, but you see him placed. Are over you there. sure? Pretty sure. Right. <laughs> Are Pretty you sure? sure? I know. I know this really worried our man Carlos Candido. He's a listener. He's good. Right. Good friend over on Twitter. But yeah. that really worried him seeing that Poe really, was yeah. on the wrong side. I, I don't think he is. I just think they had nowhere else to put him just to balance out. To the me, photos. it's a symmetry thing with Leia. Okay. Like Leia's front and center there. Yeah. And you've got Poe and Finn. Just creating some of right. that symmetry within this poster. Because you got Luke Skywalker here that's kind of overseeing all this. And yep. there was a standee, spoiler alert here. There's a, a Cineplex or whatever standee that's come out. The ones that go into the theater. Right. That people taking pictures in front of and all that. Right. And they've got, it's a combination of all of this clip art. But they've got the light side and the dark side. And they've got a, kind of a, a bridge or whatever through it. And you can walk through and you got the light and the dark here. Cool. Luke's on both sides. Okay. It's Luke in this darker hood yeah. versus I think the Luke when he's got the hood back and he's kind of more in the Force Awakens attire. Oh yeah, yeah. like the white robe yeah. and whatnot. So interesting. Does that like I don't think Luke's going to the dark side. No. But does this give you an impression with him looking like that? He's got kind of this I'm overseeing everything look to him. Um, maybe, and, and you know, and it makes sense for the character because you got to go back to the poster behind Sanjay, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Luke has kind of walked that fine line of going dark side for a minute to take out Vader, right? And good side, he's mm-hmm. pretty much the only Jedi apart from um, Darth Vader, obviously. And if you count uh, Legends, uh, Darth Revan, who's gone back and forth, which I do. <laughs> so it makes sense for me that Luke has seen both sides, but he, he's, I don't want to necessarily say gray. I still believe he's a Jedi, but he's kind of going to change the ways. Of the Jedi. Yeah. But um But if you look at this yeah. poster too, the way that Luke is in here, if we're looking at the Return of the Jedi poster. Right. It's the same Vader's in the same spot. Spot, right. Yeah. yeah. That which is pretty cool actually. Yeah. I so, still like the Return of the Jedi poster more, but that that's cool. Well, I, I like in that. the same spot too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and one thing is with with these posters as I look around, um, the lightsabers are always kind of placed in like the proper spots of the of, of the pictures. I I feel like the lightsabers here are just kind of just thrown together. So. But I love how, like, this to me, this there's a lot of symmetry to this poster. Okay. And you look at Ray, her saber is pointing down, Kyle's yep. is pointing up, you've got Finn, and so there's a lot, there's a lot to the poster, and right? Yeah. Star Wars, the classic theatrical posters are this clip art type, a lot of yeah. heads, a lot of 
things going on. You've got to right. battle somewhat in the front. You saw this with the Force Awakens. I really like it. Yeah. I, the red is real. I'm really like love that the red. theme. Tie yeah. Break. Love the it's, red. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. The other thing that we got on top of the poster here was the release of the tickets. Yes. And I mentioned at the top about this creating quite a bit of chaos in my house as they were released. So <laughs> the few days prior to the tickets dropping, this trailer dropping, we had called around and texted and found 18 people that wanted to come to The Last Jedi wow. opening night with us. 18, 18 lucky people. 18 lucky people, that's and right. And one lucky listener. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> well, I have one extra ticket. I bought one extra ticket. Well, so if you need a ticket, we'll charge you twice the price. Yeah. Well, the price on these, actually, funny you say that, they were $30 tickets Wow, for Cineplex each. The one thing that created all the chaos in the house is that we knew that the tickets were dropping in and around the time the trailer dropped. But they started dropping about an hour before, it seems, at least locally within Calgary here at the Cineplex website or on the Cineplex website. And so we're going through and they're sporadically coming up. The times are coming up randomly. Um, we're getting 10 p.m. There's a 5.30 a.m. showing on the Friday. There's a 2.30 a.m. showing on the Friday. This thing is showing all night from wow. Thursday starting at 6 o'clock. Like every three hours, there's a showing, which is so it's all it was all weird and messed up the theater that we usually go to wasn't on and so we ended up talking via text to the cineplex staff they had no idea what was going on it seemed quite chaotic we kept just saying is there a special showing because if you had gone on the cineplex site when they announced that the tickets were dropping they said we have our normal showings plus three very special fan events so the first was a 6 p.m. special viewing for fans. And this included getting collector cards, a special concession offer, and a whole bunch of, I think it's more about the atmosphere and all that. But there's something else that comes with it because the tickets were $30 each. On top of that, there was also a double feature where they're showing The Force Awakens before, I think starting out oh. around 4.30 or maybe 3.30. Cool. And then there was the marathon, the saga marathon, yes. no Rogue One. That wasn't offered locally here. I couldn't find it, at least. That's not something I was really interested in. If I was going to do it, I'd probably go see the original trilogy, yeah. come back for Revenge of the Sith, and then work my way into The Last Jedi. Phantom Menace. Okay. Yeah. But what I was really worried about was doing a marathon. Are you exhausted by the time yeah. you get to The Last Jedi? And you don't really enjoy that experience. Right. So that's what steered me away from doing the marathon. I thought about the double feature. It was only 5 bucks more, 35 bucks. Yeah. At the same time, I'm thinking, I want to come into this very fresh. I yeah. want to come mm -hmm. to this with all you guys, because yeah. not everyone was really interested in doing the double feature. So we landed on doing the special fan event that starts at 6 p.m. So it's the earliest showing I've ever been to yeah. wow. for a pre-screen or for a night of screening. Mm -hmm. And 18 of us. This is going to be a hell of an experience, guys. <laughs> Sleepover. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it took us forever, too, getting back to the chaos, to find the actual tickets because the 7 p.m. showing came up and we're like, okay, do we just buy these? Is this the fan event? It says it's at six, but does it mean it starts at six and actually the movie's at seven? Okay. So we ended up calling Cineplex, my wife did, and we talked this to this guy and he talked us right through. The tickets were actually somewhat hidden on their website. Wow. So we couldn't even find them, but we did find them. We got nice. them, all Appreciate of them. It. Nice. It was over, Thanks, Tim. Over $500. Oh my goodness. For the 18 tickets. <laughs> Holy... But if you sold them, you could probably make over 500 bucks. Well, the thing is, I don't know. Is there that many Star Wars fans in Calgary? Probably. Probably. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. there's 18. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole thing, the whole idea of this 
trailer debut. Debuting on Monday Night Football. We got the poster, the tickets. I like I said, I was just on pins and needles. Yeah. Yeah. I was anticipating this like it was Christmas Eve, like it was the movie was coming out in a couple hours. I was just hyped to fifteen on this. Nice. Yeah. And nice. we actually had friends that were down at the football game. Oh. That saw the so they they we I watched the game. Well, kind of watched it. <laughs> I was on Twitter texting or tweeting the guys at Tumbling Saber, Corey and Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> um about how excited I was for this thing. And they were recording at the time that the trailer so they recorded as the trailer was happening. So wow. go back and listen to their stuff. We'll let Tumbling Saber. It's cool. really cool to see them kind of react to this almost immediately right. as it drops. Live. Yeah. That's cool. So Gotta it's pretty check wild. That out. Yeah. But our friends were over at in Chicago at the the game itself and they marched out they sent us videos they marched out a whole battalion of or squad whatever of first order stormtroopers oh. the band was playing music and then they showed it on the jumbotron wow. the trailer oh, with like nuts. the stadium speakers and all that it was really cool crazy that is a cool experience right. yeah so they're laughing they're like oh my god like <laughs> tim would be loving this <laughs> how are we at this game right yeah. now that's amazing yeah anyway so that that builds us into the trailer here I asked you guys at the start, how are you feeling going into Last Jedi now? How am I feeling going into Last Jedi? I was super hyped before, and I could honestly say this is the most excited I am to see a Star Wars movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Force Awakens, when I saw it, you know, I was just getting into Star Wars, and now that I've dipped my toe and I've kind of gone up to my knees in the water and maybe up to my thighs, I'm getting more excited as I'm learning more about this uh, expansive universe. It's time to get your junk into that cold water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I was pretty stuffed. Like I mentioned, it was Thanksgiving dinner, right? So I was full off of all sorts of things. And uh, coming into this trailer, man, I got to tell you, I felt right back in the Force Awakens world, you know, because we're coming off of um, Rogue One. Yeah. And um, I, I'm a Force Awakens guy, and this just feels right back into that world, but way more grand and way more story driven. All right, guys. Well, it's time for us to get into the last Jedi trailer. Um, I'm immensely excited to talk about this. I've got some thoughts, got some theories here. But like we said at the top, this is all speculation. So if you guys are worried about getting too deep into this, just stick with us. We're going to try to keep it fairly light. We're going to try to pick out every little tiny bit. But we're going to throw out a few theories and a few thoughts overall on this trailer. So I'm going to kick it off here. So who's that standing there? That's Kylo Ren. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, now, now it's not speculation. That's confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. No, he seems to be standing in some of a, in front of some sort of armory or factory. You get all the walkers being built. These look like AT-ATs. You think it could be the supremacy or whatever his ship, or is it too too big? Oh, no, because the supremacy is enormous. It's huge, right? So it could be even a factory on the supremacy oh, okay. that's yeah. producing these things. Because if you looked at some of the images that were released before, yeah. it was said that a Star Destroyer could fit inside of that. And so wow. this could be like their base of construction, base of operations for putting together. So they don't have like something like Starkiller anymore. This is where all the work is done yeah. for the First Order. Wow. So the crazy thing about this, this trailer here, the first part of it at least, or actually the whole thing in general, is... For me, I would take every single moment of this tra trailer with a grain of salt. This thing is expertly crafted. Yeah. It is very well put together. You've got this what appears to be a John Williams score over top of it. Mm -hmm. It's drawing and inciting those emotions. It's drawing you into this trailer. But when you look at how this is cut relative to the spoken lines over top of it from Snoke, from Luke, from Poe, 
and then you look at what they're drawing on at each individual moment with the score, with what they're showing, and with what they're saying. To me, this whole trailer is about misdirection. Oh, yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. Lucasfilm is so reluctant to tell us anything about what's going on. To me, this trailer tries to draw you in to make you make inferences or make opinions or speculate on something when I think it's going to be totally the opposite. Yeah. Because the start of this whole trailer, it makes you think about this lines by being spoken by Snoke at some point in the film are about Kylo Ren. This whole first part of the trailer, as you get into it, you got him staring here. You've got these awesome walkers, these gorilla walkers. Cannot wait to see this yeah. battle and crate. This looks absolutely incredible. The Lego I have to have here, the size and scale of this. The walkers have always been my favorite vehicle in the Star Wars universe. And seeing something this big, it just looks incredible. You're going to hear me say that a hundred times in the next half hour. Every time Tim says incredible, take a drink. (laughs) (laughs) So then you've also got Kylo Ren leading this squad of First Order Stormtroopers on what again looks to be great. You've got that red, that red cut, that red splash. Incredible mm. shot. Oh, wow, yeah. this is crazy right the here. The cinematography in this thing. If you're just looking from this trailer, yeah. oh man, they've it's got... something else. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of the 501st led by Vader, yeah. almost like. Yeah, yeah exactly, that. exactly. That It almost kind of looks like... Yeah, the 501st when he goes into, not so much Vader, but Anakin. Yes, when he goes into the temple. The temple, yeah. Yes. They draw on a lot of comparisons between Anakin and Kylo in this trailer. That's right, and Ryan Johnson is a fan of the prequels, yeah. so it's no it's, it's no surprise. Yeah, right? you look at how Kylo's flying that, that TIE silencer. Right. Like, that looks like Revenge of the Sith Anakin mm-hmm. flying through there. Just the way he holds himself, the way the ship's maneuvering. Yeah. Yeah, he took some lessons from his grandfather. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> the, the use of red here in the shot that we again have the side profile of Kylo Ren with the mask. Yeah. This red is incredible. Yes. Wow. Oh, incredible. Yeah, vibrant. Again. Yeah. And you've got the Praetorian guards sitting in the background there, or what looked to be. So I'm going to throw this out here. Kylo Ren's got his mask on here. We see later on in the trailer, we see him smash it. He's got the scar with the space band-aid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's just doing the Nelly styles. Yeah. Star Wars show called it a space band-aid. It's kind of yeah. funny. But do you think this is a flashback to when Kylo is speaking originally to Snoke or something to that effect? From The Force Awakens? Before The Force Awakens. I don't think so because his lightsaber looks a slightly different. Does it? Okay. It, to me it does. It looks, yeah, it looks a little different. More black than uh, yeah. chrome on there. Okay. So I think it's present time. Yeah, because I'm just looking at him having the helmet because what I'm taking from this trailer is that there are pieces that are kind of out of place, but... At least the first part here, and when he has that scar, I'm guessing with the band-aid on it, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's right after the battle on Starkiller Base. Oh, okay. And what you're seeing in the battle, this first space battle, when he does have that scar, is that maybe is the evacuation of Dakar, so the planet that the Resistance are on at the end of The Force Awakens, and there's some big space battle that happens as they're evacuating there. Right. And Kylo partakes in that with the scar, and then later on in the trailer you see him he doesn't have that anymore right because they did i think they did make it clear that this does pick up like pretty much right after yeah. the force awakens yeah. that would make sense especially if you see on ray and ray's end what she's doing and then we see what kylo ren's doing on yeah. his end I, I think that my prediction here is that this is some sort of flashback okay because he smashes the helmet when he has that that metal band-aid on. right and then you see him wearing it here i don't see him putting back on the helmet yeah, no, because I think that's the thing, too. In this trailer, it's showing you his growth. He's kind of like a Vader fanboy in the last one, and here he's now really becoming his own person. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that... 
and all like everything that's happening here with Snoke and then you get this immediate fantastic shot of Ray. But his lines, we, we hear him speak. When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power, which is a slight theme in this trailer, this untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. So the structure of this trailer is meant to make you think that he's speaking about Kylo. And then there's an immediate cut when he finishes that, when he says special, to Rey igniting a lightsaber. Who do you think that Snoke is talking about when he says those lines that are overlaying the first part of the Kylo heavy trailer? I think it is Kylo. And I only say that because I think this trailer draws a lot of parallels to two characters, Rey and Kylo. So I think when Snoke's talking, I think he's talking about Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. And then here later on, we get Luke talking, right? Yeah. A little later on, we do get Luke talking about, I haven't seen a power like that since sometime, but it did scare me then. But it scares me now. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of people are led to believe that's Kylo Ren he's talking about. But I think he's actually talking about Ray. That maybe he did uh meet Ray at some point before and that power was like crazy, but it didn't scare him then. Now he's like, whoa. So that's oh, kind of what I'm going with, right? Okay. So I feel like two mentors are talking about their two pupils. Right. Oh. See, I've taken a similar path to you with cool. that. Yeah. Is that I think Luke is also talking about Ray, but I right. think Snoke is talking to Ray later on in the film. Okay. Because when this when this trailer ends, there's another line from Snoke that's talking about fulfill your destiny. Right. And he's got her in some sort of really overpowered force. Much like what Kylo Ren did to Poe. Yeah, yeah, type of thing. Yeah. And I think if you listen to those, they sound the same. They sound like they're in the same room. And I'm, my guess would be, and this is wild ass theory here, I'm trying to throw out some different things into this, into the mix of speculation amongst of random is that Snoke f found or had identified Rey at some point in time and Luke had her or someone had her. And the reason she was hidden was because Snoke had identified her. Because that's a thread that we need to pick up in here, right? Yes. Is mm -hmm. why was she hidden and why did Han appear to know who she was? Right. So I'm guessing that in the mix here that maybe Luke had her at some point, not as a daughter or anything like that. Right. But maybe, maybe. I don't know. And maybe Leia forced him to move her away or send her away because of that raw, untamed power. Right. And then they kept Ben around and that Snoke's been using Ben as a means to an end to get to Rey. Right. Because we do know uh, Snoke's been after Ben for quite some time. Yeah. Like but he... is, that, is that something for later? Is, is he getting to Ben to get to Luke and Leia to eventually get to Rey? Yeah, I wonder, because I can't remember, I thought, because you read the books, if it's the Aftermath series, I feel like there's some point when Leia's pregnant, there's like a dark presence over her, or someone's, yeah. which is Snoke, but if that's the case, then Rey wouldn't be born, right, at that point, because Kylo's obviously older than Rey, so if Snoke's been after Ben since he's basically been in the womb, he wouldn't know who Rey is at this point. Yeah, there's, yeah. I don't know if it, I can't, I can't remember, remember from the Aftermath, it if it, it would be from Aftermath yeah. when she does feel Kylo, yeah. but I don't know if it implicitly says that it's Snoke, Snoke maybe it's, it's an inference or it's implied right. in some other media but right. I never got that impression I was almost that there was that internal struggle that she could feel within the baby itself like the oh, like okay. the Anakin type thing. okay that makes sense yeah. like the darkness and light in yeah, between it the was, child yeah she was that getting a bit more of that okay. but there, there's something bigger here I think in the trailer it's it's all about misdirection and that right. but I'm trying to put together some of the pieces of why she was hidden why Luke appears to be afraid of her now right. who Snoke is talking to 
And maybe that she was identified really early as being this really powerful Jedi. Yes. And they were all chasing her and they've hidden her away. That's what I think. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of what I'm getting from some of this and from some of the lines. And I'm, I'm thinking that Kylo was just, he's powerful, but he's not on the same level as Rey. I don't think either of them are talking about Kylo at this no. point. That's, okay. that's no. kind of my prediction. Well, yeah. you can even see at the end of Force Awakens, Kylo gets his ass kicked by Rey. Yeah. Yeah. So. An untrained force wheeler right <laughs> exactly yeah. was shot though by chewie's bow and that bow <laughs> yeah. kills like literally like destroy ships yeah. <laughs> then we move into acto arc two acto Arctu, whatever yeah we get a lot of really great lines here from luke skywalker and this whole training sequence i get a real big empire strikes back five oh this. man like dagobah yes. stuff going on times 10 i got that and some dragon ball stuff going on because it looks like this <laughs> island's about to explode with like the powers going on yeah. with ray Ah, Super Saiyan Ray. Super Saiyan Ray (laughs) times 10. (laughs) The scene here where she hands off the Skywalker lightsaber to or back to Luke is absolutely fantastic. His face, like Hamill is just killing it in these scenes. Yeah, he's acting again. Like he's he's back and we get to see him do some stuff. It's nice to see. Yeah, it really is. He is great. To me, it's all about the emotion he's expressing here. We see him with the shocked face. We see him really upset. We see him angry in this trailer. And every single time, it's all believable. He's just not hamming it up or anything like that. Like He is going to be, I think, incredible in this film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, kind of much like what Han did or Harrison Ford did when he came back. He really gave that performance his all. And yeah. I feel like Mark Hamill's not holding back himself not either in this all. one do you think he's going to be in this film the whole time or do you think it'll just be like snippets here and there because he was hardly in the force awakens yeah. i he think he's gonna have a big presence all. in this yeah. film I, I i really feel they're gonna you know um please the fans here and not yeah. jip us of luke, well, luke, uh, luke skywalker yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you man yeah. i fully agree with you in this whole trailer you never see him off act two though that's right. that's true you're never you don't get that impression and i think of course they're gonna stay away from that yeah because yeah. to me and we, we've gone on about this before when we're speculating a bit. We never see the green lightsaber here either, right? Right. I think we're going to see both Luke off of Act 2 and joining the fight, joining the resistance, oh, yeah. and him also igniting this green lightsaber in this film. Yeah. I think they're going to tease really hard and really lean on Empire for this sequence with Rey, with Luke. You get this image here of her walking towards what could be some sort of force tree. Right. I'm also, when we're in the tunnels and that with her in the caverns, I'm getting that Dagobah cave vibe yes, off of it. Yes, when Luke faces off with Vader and he yes. finds himself in Vader. You That's get exactly that what I'm whole getting. journey of Rey the intention is to make people feel like, okay, I've seen this before. I'm getting some Empire off this, some of Dagobah. That's fine. And then it's going to end with what appears to be later on in this trailer where Luke and Ray have some sort of face-off. Right. And Luke's talking about it's not going to end the way you think. Like he might be thinking back, he might be thinking back to, I left Dagobah and then these terrible things happened and all this. But what I'm getting here is that, yeah, they have some sort of face-off. They part ways. But Luke comes to his senses later and shows back up at the end of the film. That's what I'm predicting at this mm-hmm. point. So We'll have to see Force Ghosts. Any Force Ghosts popping up on this island? So you got Yoda. Yeah. Obi-Wan. Yep. Qui-Gon. Yeah. Oh, Qui-Gon. Yeah. I don't oh. Luke's never met Qui-Gon, but Qui-Gon right. did seem to be one of the first ones. Like, if you he remember was... from Ahsoka, that he was one of the first ones to be able to yeah, commune. Yeah, he's coming back to Obi-Wan. Yeah. And they made that clear in uh, the Clone Wars, except I don't think he ever actually embodied the ghost yeah. look but his his voice has been around even when anakin you know kills the sand people you hear qui-gon's voice anakin yeah. you hear but you don't see him 
Great. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know if we'll see Qui-Gon, but I definitely think we'll see, um, I hope we'll see Anakin, and yeah. I think we'll see Obi-Wan, and I think we'll see Yoda. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. the audience will erupt if you see Yoda. Oh, for sure. I, I think it's going to be more of a voice. I don't know if we'll okay. get, a, like, a, a spiritual presence. Right. Of an actual... Of, of any of the... I don't th- think so. No. I think it's going to be potentially more about the voice okay. and him talking through that. I, that's just a bit of the feeling because if you start to throw Yoda into all this now, like yeah. you'd be fantastic as a fan. I'd love to see. Oh, it. Yeah. But does that take away a bit from the film? I don't know. It's tough to see. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. Uh. Ray's looking awesome. Oh, man. swinging that lightsaber. Oh, she looks great. And this scene here with the uh, the ground's breaking beneath her as she's swinging the lightsaber. Are you kidding me? Oh, love it. Man of Steel. Sorry. <laughs> no Goku. <way>. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. And this is another scene too where Mark Hamill, like his facial expression. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that scene is actually when she's swinging the lightsaber. It appears that she is trying to maybe connect on a deeper level to the Force. Yeah. And this is where we get the the levitation of the rocks and potentially the breaking of parts of the island. And that's when Luke turns around and is like, oh my God, I've never seen something like this right. before. Yeah. And then we get his line in here about the raw power and him being scared of it. Yeah. And you look at his eyes, look at the emotion oh, expressed yeah. on Mark Hamill's face there. Like this, this feels real. This feels, whoa, yeah. Yeah. He Just, looks fantastic with the beard. I think he should keep it. <laughs> yeah. So here we definitely are getting a flashback. I'm yes. guessing at some point when Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren most yeah. likely destroyed uh, Luke's temple there yeah. or whatever. So we know that Luke was present at this time. And again, this is, I think, clever editing when it's when he's talking about, I've seen raw power before like this. It didn't scare me then. It scares me now. Right. So this immediate cut to the destruction of Luke's Jedi Order makes you think Kylo that Ren. Kylo Ren was the one that he's implying. Yeah. I still think it's a misdirect. I, I think, think he's great. talking about Rey. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. It's interesting to see, though, that he was indeed present at the fall of his order. Right. And this is maybe where his hand ends up going. Well, that's what I was going to ask you guys. Do you think his hand was melted, like the skin was melted off his glove or his I hand think so. at this point? Yeah. yeah. The fire? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, it that, To me, that makes the most sense. Will we get a scene of the order prior to its destruction, or will we just go straight into the destruction? Do you think we'll get a flashback that far back? Of, to the order yeah to him to showing him maybe with a full hand him teaching a younger ben maybe i don't know or do you know. think they're gonna go right into keeping this tone of the film i think this tone because i don't i don't think i mean they never really use flashbacks much obviously they did it in force awakens but i think it'll be very very minimal if they ever do that, yeah. that route of flashbacks well here's another point here i'll throw this out there um how there's not much age difference between kylo and ray correct I think Kylo is quite a bit older. Yeah. Because I think Ray's only 21-ish, and I think Kylo's close to 30 or, or so. I think yeah. he's a lot older. Yeah. When when did Ray get sent off? She was... Well, we saw a flashback when she was a yeah, kid. Like 10? I think she's six-ish? Yeah. Seven? I'm just trying to think. Were, was someone looking for Ray? Because the scene that this draws on a bit more, too, and kind of going back to this idea that that Luke didn't recognize Rey as being this this raw, untamed power, but he was forced by someone, maybe Leia, to send her off. When you look back at The Force Awakens and Kylo Ren's reaction to when the soldier says there was a girl, right. and he says, what girl? Yeah. That makes me think that Snoke's been talking to him about a girl, a force-wielding female that is somewhere that is all-powerful, and then that's who maybe they're combined, who they're chasing. Because his reaction there is that he knows about this girl right. that's been hidden away. And you start to 
think about oh there's someone ex- uh, there's someone displaying this ability within the force or there's someone that's with the resistance or Lord Senteca was down there, maybe protecting a woman. You know what I mean? Like you, right. you start to wrap all of those loose threads from the force awakens and tie them into what this trailer isn't telling you explicitly, but yeah. maybe leading to you by misdirect. Do you think I'm going to be reading way too much into this. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we yeah. do here yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. But do you think it's possible that Kylo Ren and um, Ray trained together at some point? Like they, they, they could have been under Luke. So Luke must have had other Jedis that he was mm. training. Ray would have been obviously probably one of the youngest ones at the time. Do you think Kylo Ren would maybe remember her at some point? Well, how, or do you she, think it's all through Snoke? I don't know because they would have had to done some sort of force mind wipe. I don't know if that's a thing. It is a thing. Because if you go back to the person I mentioned, Darth Revan, he was force mind wiped, force amnesia of some sort to the point where he didn't remember that he was a Sith at one point And the Jedi tried swinging him back to the light. And then he found out there's a big lie that he actually was this Darth Revan. So that does exist, at least at some point. In Legends. Exactly. Yeah. Because she would remember that as a six-year-old or whatever, seven, eight-year-old that right. she was dropped off. Like, she would remember training with Luke Skywalker. But yeah. she knows them only as fables, as myths, right? Right. But that's also why the title itself could be called The Force Awakens. Yeah. Right, it's awakened in her. But at one point, it was alive. It was oh, right, right, reawakened. Yeah. exactly. Wild, yeah, the crazy. force reawakens. Right, I mean, I make know. a movie called that. I, make a billion bucks. <laughs> I don't know. I, my my initial impression is that they found her and hid her and never trained her. Right. Not that she had trained with the Jedi Order at some point. So the combat skills are just all from just. Just inherent. Like you look at Anakin in The Phantom Menace. Right. His ability to pilot and all that, right? Right. Just these inherent skills that he thinks he's just really good. Right. He's actually tapping into the force. Right. And they do with the staff and all that say, well, she can fight. And they they kind of in some of the books that prelude The Force Awakens that she's training on a uh, flight simulator and all this type stuff, right? Right. So I think that tapping into the force and and these abilities that are somewhat enhanced right. with them unknowingly use the force. Right. So you see that implied too in the force of destiny. I know that's, that's, it's still canon and all yeah. that, but they imply that in that as well. That that's right. She was doing things with the force unknowingly. Yeah. Yeah. This see this scene here. This is when he see he's got the scar. Yeah. And the costume looks like the similar one from force awakens. Yeah. See there though, it's a different costume. So when we see him piloting doing the Anakin stuff, okay. that costume is different. Yeah, this whole this whole sequence here too, I think again a major mystery. Oh yeah, we've got Kylo Ren here, and there's a great vo- voiceover about him saying you have to kill the past, or you have to put the past away even after you have to kill it, and they make it seem like he's targeting his mother's ship, yes. Princess Leia's ship. Do you think he pulls the trigger? Definitely not. No. Definitely not. Um, this this movie, or even if you go back to The Force Awakens, actually I could say, um, I think it's the book, the novelization, Kylo Ren really struggles between the light and the dark. And he actually struggles really hard after killing his dad. He still doesn't feel accomplished. They, I think they go into that in the book, the novel. So I think here with this trailer, we're getting a lot of like Kylo Ren. Like they're really establishing like this movie is going to explain a lot of his character. And I think we're going to maybe see this character be redeemed. Do you want that? Um... It depends how they do it. It really does depend how they do it. Do I want it? As if it serves a story, I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah. But it just can, depends. Can they though? Like, can you come back from that? Killing your father? killing your father, killing Harrison Ford, killing um, Han Solo. Han Solo. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he just does such a good job that I just think of him as Harrison Ford. Um, can you redeem? I mean, 
there's certain things that you can't come back from. And... Vader was redeemed. Vader was redeemed, and look what he did. He did. He killed a lot. Of <laughs> a lot of Jedi's. <laughs> but did he kids. kill his father? Never had a father. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think. He's gonna go on Mori conception. By the Mori. <laughs> or maybe by Plagueis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's happened before in Star Wars canon. A lot of people have come back from the light plenty of times. Quillen Voss is one of them too. Um, I think it's possible. Yeah, I, yeah, it's not something I want, but if they do it right, yeah, and exactly. I'm starting to get a bit of inclination at this trailer with this trailer that they're going down that path, but hopefully they execute it right. I also think it could be a giant misdirect, and that they're For just sure. playing with it, saying like he could be going down this redemptive arc, and he extends that hand. Whoops, sorry. For no. sure, <laughs> but I guess in this movie, let's just say this trailer is showing us exactly what's happening, and he has the t- the chance to either kill his mom or not. If he chooses not to kill her, then obviously. He, he, he's going to go back to the light. I mean, yeah. after killing your dad, you think, hey, then that's it. He should be technically on the dark side. But if he's still debating the light or the light or the dark, chances are he's probably going to go team light. Yeah. My guess is in this scene is that he is targeting that ship, but he okay. doesn't pull the trigger. It's blown up by the supremacy or something. Oh, okay. Because um, we know just that Leia potentially could get hurt at some point and reappears later on in the film. Yes. I think that you're going to see him essentially target it, hesitate, Snoke or whomever in the supremacy or something targets the ship, takes it down, and he kind of freaks out about that. And you see him struggle a bit more throughout the whole film towards the end, potentially. Right, yeah. I don't think he'll pull the trigger on this. Because if if he does, yeah, if he pulls the trigger on this, you've killed your mother and your father That's within right. a couple of hours of each other. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, like, how you can't come back from that. That's just it. And, and for me, the thing is with Kylo Ren is, like, when is enough enough? Like, if, if you're going to join the dark side... What is it going to take for you to fully commit? If you haven't, if you if you killed your dad and you still haven't committed, what's it going to take? Yeah, Adam Driver looks awesome in this too. He does. Like, he's a like fantastic his actor. Or uh, his skills are. Does this level. film take place immediately after the Force Awakens, or we don't know yet? Right after. Right after they might do some time jumping later. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, they probably will. Uh, yeah. yeah. So then, what would the scroll be at the beginning? The opening scroll. It'd just good be point. like, go back and rewatch the Force Awakens. <laughs> They're just going to retell that. <laughs> That's a good point. I never really thought about how they're going to do the opening crawl. Yeah. with this they yeah. may kind of recap a few things they could get into other things because like, one of the rumors here is and i think it's it's you see this in the film is that there is the evacuation of the resistance space into car and it could be that the first like the crawl could be the first order has destroyed hosnian the hosnian prime system you know removing the new republic or annihilating its its core and they are now on the attack and have found the resistance and they mean to extinguish what is left of this before they kind of envelop the galaxy within their rule. And then you kind of pan down and you have these ships coming off like an empire right. and you have this huge space battle and then it shifts over to Rake and, well, Rake and Luke, Luke and Ray. Right. Yes. So that's, it could be a crawl like that where it kind of explains part of the force awakens, but also what is currently happening with the evacuation of Dakar or, or what the... I don't, it's, it's hard to... Yeah, it's kind of because you don't have very much time there. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, I, I know we already skipped through it, but I believe in the space battle there, somewhere along the lines, one of the ships is the, the Radis. One oh, of the really? ships is the Radis, named oh, okay. after going back to Rogue One. So that's a cool Radis. callback. Yeah. Really so that's cool. a cool callback. Yeah. Wow, good pickup. Yeah. Awesome. So you've got the Millennium Falcon here flying through what appears to be some sort of mine on crate. You've got the Red Pop again. Who do you think is piloting the Falcon at this point? You do see... In a few seconds here in the trailer, you got Chewbacca and the Porg. The Porg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably 
Wow, that, that's I don't know who that could be. Do you think it could just be Chewie on his own? Or do you think Finn? Because Poe is definitely the X-wing guy. But we see in the last ride, we saw his X-wing get blown up. Oh yeah. We don't know when don't that know is when. In the movie. That's right, because we never did see Poe pilot the the uh, Millennium Falcon. No, ever. could Poe turn into the new Han? I guess is what I'm asking. Could yeah, Poe be piloted? It, it's hard to say because th- this movie, going back to the Force Awakens, they made up three pilots like Finn, Poe, and um, Ray, obviously. Yeah. So it could be either, and then maybe even Rose, for all we know, could pilot too. But Finn can pilot because he well, had to get Poe to take him off that his... time. But but so he's doing the weapons then, right? Because yeah. remember him and um, yeah, that's right. So it's probably I guess it'd have to be Poe. Yeah, I don't like I'm. I look at it, I'm yeah. like, this is clearly a good pilot. It could be Chewbacca. Yeah. But he looks like he's sitting in the car co- or the um the weapon the seat. The first pilot or whatever they're called. Co pilot seat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my Star Trek. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks like he's sitting in the co pilot seat. Right. Uh, at least what they clip to. So who's flying the Falcon? I'm gonna throw something wild at I'm gonna yeah. say Poe. Poe, okay, Poe's in there. I don't know. Yeah. All he right. might be the new Han. Because Finn looks like he's going his own route. Finn's going to yeah, be a complete badass of his own. Yeah, Finn, I don't know if he's going to be present in this battle. Yeah. Rey, I don't know if she's going to be present in the Battle of Crate either. Yeah. So may, maybe she is. But we, I guess we do see her in, in a past scene of her kind of running what looked like to be on the salt flats. But it looks I, like Poe would be the guy doing all the space battles. So I, yeah. I think I'd go with your uh, theory here, probably. Know. Who knows? Could be Leia. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so it's... Uh, oh. This porg. <laughs> My wife freaked out when she saw that. <laughs> the space battles, though, and Poe yeah. here, he's, he's talking about being the spark that ignites that the fire that burns the First Order to the ground. He's going to have a huge part in this movie, and these space battles. Wow. Like, Rogue One was awesome. Yeah. This looks like they're taking it to the next level. Yeah, again. this might give uh, Return of the Jedi a run for its money. Yeah. Well, it looks like we're going to have a whole thing here where we have simultaneous battles, another ground battle mm-hmm. with an aerial battle with a space battle yeah. like, this is going to be an intense yes and talking of battles we've got the battles of all battles leading up <sighs> right here we finally get phasma going up against finn these weapons look incredible yes. this is so cool yeah can't wait to see this the contrast in here with her that oh. silver that chrome armor yeah. yeah and finn he looks awesome he and looks he... just pissed just yeah. ready to go and when he yells come on and yeah. they're in some sort of rubble i don't know where they are right and he has that cool weapon like yeah. what the one stormtrooper had in the first yeah, film traitor Yes. Yes. Yeah, this is going to be a cool battle. Right. Oh, yeah. Oof, just great. Right. Oh, man. BB-8 here, again, the space battles. I can't tell what planet this is above, but man, do they ever look good. Yeah. And then we get these foxes. Yeah, this wildlife Kyber, of, yeah, of Crete. Yeah, Kyber crystal foxes or something. I don't know cool. what they are. But this this whole scene here with Leia looking out, again, very reminiscent of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Her looking out as the door closes on Hoth. Yes. Oh, I love the callback. Good callback. Call Good callback. Yeah. Dagobah looking like here. Yes, with Ray in that water. Yeah. This the first order here as we get back to what looks like the same weapons factory that Kylo was overseeing. I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. So again, I think you're probably right. It is the supremacy. Might be. Yeah. Cool. That's gonna be. I'm gonna align with that. Oh, this battle of crate looks like Yeah, incredible. the red. What is that? The red like smoke of some sort. Or? I think it's supposed to be the mineral that's buried underneath. So you get like the salt flats, and when you um, agitate it, you get yeah. this red mineral that, that comes lifts. Up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then Snoke. All right, guys. What are your thoughts? This is the first time we're seeing him in the flesh, speaking, moving. We've seen pictures. We've seen action figures, all sorts of stuff. What do you guys think of the look of Snoke here? The Snoke looks cool. I mean, it's interesting. The gold robe is one thing. It's very different for Star Wars. Um 
I don't know if this is real, like what's happening there. We just don't know if it could be a not a force back, maybe a force forward. Who knows? Because I don't know if that's a power that's distinctive to Ray that she can do these things. I just don't know. But um, I really, really am digging the the force power that he's using on her. That's pretty oh, cool. Yeah. I think that's legit. Yeah, I think he is quite powerful. Yeah, and this is again where he's talking about fulfill your destiny, and he's got his hand outreached, having her in this force paralysis of some some, right. some sort. And I really think that whole dialogue is all about Ray from the start of the trailer yeah. into this sequence here where he's almost crippling her, it looks like. He's trying to draw her in. Right. So you think they're going that route again where she's been kind of captured again? I think she's gone into some sort of battle. Again, yeah. reflecting a bit of Empire Strikes Back where she's gone to save Poe or Finn or someone. Right, okay. Yeah. And she's ended up on the supremacy and she's ended up battling Snoke here. Like, we could get a sequence in this movie at some point, whether it's Leia or Luke, that, that tells her about Snoke and how he was chasing her and that's why she was hidden away and that she had no parents because, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the lineage doesn't matter. It's all about her abilities, her innate abilities within the Force that have caused her to be hidden away. It's not so much about her having a legacy as being Obi-Wan's or Luke's daughter or yeah, something like that. Yeah, the chosen one's daughter or yeah, something, it's, right? Yeah, it's more about her just having a very similar birthing or, or conception that Anakin did. Maybe right. immaculate or less so maybe that because she had parents. Right. Or maybe that's just what they fill their head with. Your parents will come back, but she never really had parents. I don't know where they're going with all this. Right. But my thought is is that Ray, now more than anything, could be, and this kind of fits with the theory that we've been tossing around for the year or so, is that there's some relation to Palpatine here. And right. maybe that's and why Jakku, right? Yeah, and Jakku, and maybe that's why Snoke is so interested in it. You look at what Jakku is and how it's been built up in the aftermath, maybe it protect or provided some sort of veil. And Snoke couldn't see her there because of whatever presence the Emperor had there at one point in time, right? Yeah. As we see in the Aftermath books. I don't know. I think there's a lot more with Rey and with Snoke and with these lines that we're seeing from Luke and Snoke about the raw, untamed power and her being hidden. There's a lot there and I think they're going to pick up the threads here. That's kind of my overarching takeaway from this trailer is that there's going to be a lot more answered with Rey and a lot more connectivity of Snoke with Luke and with potentially the Emperor and with something much bigger than just this original or the Force Awakens timeline trilogy. Right. I think that he's going to have a presence way back. Like we've turned up, is he the first Jedi, right. right? Is he something to that effect? Is You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely so. agree. I think this is a, it's going to be a big deal here. I, I think this trailer was definitely Ray's trailer, but I really do feel like they, they tried distinguishing uh, Kylo Ren there quite a bit. And um, wow. We are in for a treat here. Yes, Jeez. we are. And the last lines of this trailer, we've got Ray asking somebody, they don't show us, but yeah. somebody to show her her place in all of this. I think she's talking to Luke. Here. Yes. Yeah. And then, but again, clever editing, they cut yeah. to Kylo. He seems to be in a much more fiery, yeah, like, like he's post battle type right, thing. Right. Whereas Ray's background is a little more gray, as if she's still on that planet. Yeah. Too with luke right yeah definitely but then if they're in different places who is he extending his hand to i think it's still probably ray but they're at some battle point when he's telling he may be trying to again encourage her to come mm -hmm. over like this is his his last way to prove to snoke that he is actually the one i think there's going to be a lot of this idea of jealousy on kylo's part with snoke because He's always really wanted Rey, and Kylo's been the one that he could get. Right. This is a means to an end. I want to get Leia's 
son. I want to find out where Ray is. This is a means to an end for me. Right. And he's always been jealous that Snoke's been talking up this this other force wheeler, this this woman, this girl. Right. And I think that this could be his last opportunity to prove to Snoke that I can do your bidding for you. I will get Ray. I'll, I'll bring oh. her over. But I think it's later on in the film. Oh, okay. I think I think it could be a curveball. I think it could be uh could be his fellow old master Luke. Yeah. Could be extending his hand out to him. Oh. I think there's a curveball here. Yeah. But you've mentioned it that the editing here is super clever. It's no. so it's so so close. You precise. Just think, exactly. So Sanjay, what do you think? I think he's extending his hand to Ray. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. say Ray. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, man, that that wraps up probably one of one of the, my most favorite trailers yes. of this year, if not the my most favorite trailer of the year. Right. Like this, this not only had the event built around it, but what it delivered here, it got my mind spinning about the possibilities of this film. We went a little bit deeper than maybe we intended here, but there was a lot to talk about, and I hope, I really hope, that. This whole trailer, like we speculated on, is all about Mr. X. For sure. And we get something completely different in the film, but it's nice to sit here and talk. Always. About what yeah. we've seen here, speculate a bit. We probably get one or two things maybe slightly right, but oh, my so. guess is not much. I, I think if we got the John Williams score right. Yeah, I you think know? so. I think we nailed that one at least. Did you, have you guys <laughs> yes. gone back to watch the Force Awakens trailers and see how much misdirection there was there and how much they spoiled for the movie? Well, they showed Finn with a lightsaber. Yeah, Ray never with a lightsaber. Never showed her doing any force wielding or anything no. like that. So no. didn't show Kylo's face. I don't think ever in. No, I don't think we ever saw that. No, not in the force. So yeah, there's a little bit. It'd be interesting to go back. It's a good point. I mean, it's something I'll do later tonight. <laughs> Let's go and see how much was in there. But we knew going. We didn't know that we. There's some inference that she yeah. was, but we didn't know about Ray being a force wielder. We didn't know that he was a solo. We didn't know that. Yeah. You know, right? I mean, at least that trailer for Force Awakens, everything that was in that trailer was at least in the film, unless we go back to Rogue One. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> a different much. story. Yeah. yeah not much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Final thoughts on the Last Jedi trailer. It's a ten for me. Yes. This trailer just lived. It, it passed every expectation I could have possibly had for this film. I'm so hyped, and like I mentioned again, I'm just I'm right back in the Star Wars zone again, ready to go right back up after um, Force Awakens. I'm in it. Totally agree. I mean, this trailer had to deliver. I mean, it could have just been nothing and people still would have watched it. But because of Star Wars, it has that expectation added to it. And I think they not only met it, but they exceeded it. I think people, I don't really know, people who aren't into Star Wars, I don't know if this trailer will convince them to see it just because of all the previous movies. And if you haven't seen any of them by now, you probably won't. So uh, in that regard... That's I I don't know I don't know what they could have done because Star Wars is such a massive thing that if you, as I said everyone that's seen um, that is going to see the Last Jedi has already seen a previous Star Wars movie I don't think there's going to be anyone going into the Last Jedi that hasn't seen a single bit of Star Wars. No. It penetrates so much of society now. Star Wars it touches every single piece of it. If you're older, you saw it when you're younger. If you're middle aged, you 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 saw it. When you're our age, whatever, whatever, I don't know where we, middle age, I guess. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, depressing. Yeah, we, we grew up with the prequels, kind yes. of. Then you got this new generation. You've got the books, the comics, animation, movie, everything, Disneyland, whatever, yeah. right? It's all there. This movie is going to do big bucks. This movie, sure. I think, when I look at this, 
This looks phenomenal. I am amped. I'm stoked about this. I can't wait. We've got our tickets now. Yep. 6 p.m. showing on December 14th. Oh, it's going to be huge. Yes. My question to you guys, could this be the movie of all stars movies that goes one step above Empire? Could this be the movie that does it? Right now when I'm looking at this, that's, yeah. that's a hard thing to pull off. Right. <laughs> Empire is my favorite. Yeah. But I think it's pretty much every, you know, it's the standard, right? When I look at this, it's got potential yeah. for sure. Like from the outside and from just the two trailers or whatever we watched, two trailers yeah. and the behind the scenes, it definitely has the potential. Yeah. This, this may be blasphemous, but my favorite Star Wars movie is The Force Awakens. Cool. So cool. Um, do I think this will surpass that? I think yes. I think it's, you know, in Star Wars, the second movie is always kind of the darkest one. And I think this is going to continue that trend. Yeah. And I like things dark because I like Zack Snyder. So. Yeah. yeah well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> nice. Nice. No, I, I won't I won't knock Force Wiggins. That's one of my top three. Yeah. So, it's up there for yeah. me as well. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Nice. nice. Definitely. Yeah. Are we going to do a rewatch before? Oh, yeah. We didn't buy the marathon, or the marathon or the double feature tickets, but I figured save the five bucks, grab, gather everyone here maybe yeah. or your place or yeah. whatever and all watch it together yeah. before going into it. Because I watched, I can't remember what we did. I think we had Return of the Jedi on before going into The Force Awakens. Sweet. Did you guys watch the Star Wars Marathon this weekend? No. I didn't no. get to it. No? no? It was on Showcase. It was showing the prequels and then 4, 5, 6, the original. Yeah. I revisit them all the time. Yeah. I just rewatched Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. You just went there, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, last week I mentioned it too. Oh, yeah. man. Is it good? <laughs> I love that movie. It is so good. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, I think that should about wrap it up for us yeah. this week. We've discussed Justice League. we discussed Star Wars The Last Jedi. Both of them got us amped up. We've got Thor Ragnarok coming up here in a couple weeks, world premiere. Really positive response to that yep. this past week. People are talking about it being one of the better Marvel films, which really excites me. This has always been up the top for me, yep. for most anticipated. We're going to revisit that list towards the end of the year and see where we fall again. But coming into this, we got a lot of reviews coming up. We got Thor Ragnarok, Justice League, Thor the Dark World, we're definitely gonna do before month's end, try to squeeze in Iron Man 3. Yeah. And then Troy and I are gonna be switching back over to our Star Wars Rebels after show. Yeah. And we're gonna be doing a quick prelude episode that I'm hoping we can drop either on Sunday evening or Monday morning, leading into the release of the first two episodes of Star Wars Rebels season four the final season we're gonna be doing just more of a quick half an hour back and forth prediction episodes we may just lay out is Thrawn gonna die is Kanan gonna die these type of predictions just to get everyone amped up get ourselves amped up yep. for the return of Star Wars Rebels and then we'll be coming back at you guys every single week with our after show that's usually a half an hour or so 20 minute kind of recap of each and every episode of Star Wars Looking Rebels season four. Yeah, final season's going down. Yes. Dave Filoni and crew. So as we build into The Last Jedi here, we're going to be doing a ton of coverage. There'll be a ton of coverage across the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. We're going to pick up next week with some of the New York Comic Con announcements. We've got some new books, new comics to talk about, DC Rebirth may potentially ending, some new Black Series dropped as well. So we're going to get back into all of that next week, but we wanted to give the time this week to the trailers yes yes absolutely guys and you know i'll pump it right now go out there and see blade runner 2049 best movie of the year so far for me go and check out this masterpiece on the imax
Awesome. Yeah. And avoid mother at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, if you'd like to be a part of the show, make sure you email us at thenerdram at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode, like always, or you can comment on our Facebook or YouTube pages, and you can always check us out on the nerdroom.net. You can grab us there and contact us, and then you can check out the articles. We've thrown up the new trailer there, the new posters there. We've got some commentary on a few other things that's happened within the nerd world over the last week or so, including those new Black Series comments. And make sure you check out our brand new MySpace page. I spent a lot of time working (laughs) on it, trying to bring it up to the modern age. So you can check that out. Also, we're doing a cross promotion with Sears. We're trying to stay hip and relevant. So make sure you check us out there. Relevance is the key. (laughs) (laughs) Also, before we sign off here, I just have to apologize to Ads. He's, He's one of the listeners. He's one of the Knights of the Commonwealth. Great dude. Interact with him all the time on Twitter. He threw us a question about... Star Wars comic books and Marvel comic books, DC comic books. He's looking to get into a bit more reading. We really encouraged him or we really encouraged people to get into the Vader series. And he's one of the ones that picked up on it. Nice. And he really enjoyed that. He's looking for a little bit more of a avenue in to comics. So he sent us a question. I did message him and say, sorry, dude, we got to get to the trailers this week, but we'll answer that next week. So it's going to be at the top of the show next week. We're going to get right back into discussing comic books. Yeah, looking forward to it. Awesome. All right, dudes. Well, until... Next week for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm The Last Jedi. I'm Troy. (laughs) And I'm Sanjay. I'm all in. (laughs) (laughs) Now I gotta come up with a witty quip. Uh, I don't know. Ah, End it quick before I... Oh, I got flop sweat. Flop sweat. (laughs) Thank you for entering the Nerd Room. Oh, I just thought of one. (laughs) This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sunjabby. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.